Blog Talk Radio. All right, Longhorn Nation, welcome to another edition of the Orange Report with Mike and Matt. Hopefully we have audio. Uh, boy, you just never know when you're trying to do a live podcast, things can go wrong. I updated the software yesterday, and it was working fine last night. And lo and behold, five minutes before the show, everything crashes, had to restart everything. So hopefully we are good to go. I see our guest is on the line. I'm just waiting on Matt to get back in. So hopefully he'll get here. I apologize to all the listeners. I know y'all are blowing my my DMs up saying what's going on, but I appreciate y'all being patient. Um, That's why I usually um, prefer sometimes to tape these things so we can work out all the bugs. But I got lots of requests to to continue doing some live shows this season. So that's what we did. And lo and behold, uh, the first week of game week, uh, we've got special teams problems here on on the Orange Report. But that's okay. We're going to move forward with the show. Matt will probably get back in in just a minute. That's good. Um, Big week for Longhorn football. We're going to get Josh Bowles in in just a minute from one foot down, talk a little Notre Dame football. The Fighting Irish are coming to Austin, Texas. Um, It's going to be exciting times, Labor Day weekend. Uh, Me and Matt made the trip up there last year, and, and as we've said, I'm hoping all of Longhorn Nation can repay the favor to um, the Fighting Irish fans and show them a good time in Austin because I know I had a great time in South Bend. Even though the game was a debacle, 
um, the, the the fans in, in Notre Dame were outstanding to Longhorn. So without further ado, let's get Josh in the Orange Report. Josh, sorry about the delays. Man, we had just all types of technical issues, but welcome to the Orange Report with Mike and Matt. Hey, great to be here. I had uh, technical delays of my own uh, trying to get my 10-month son down to bed, so I just made it. <laughs> well, you're in good shape, man. I, You know, sometimes I take these things, you know, like most podcasts and upload them, but, you know, we've got some features now where we can do it live, and a lot of people like to hear it live, um, you know, so we like to do live shows when we have good guests on, and um, I upgraded some software this week, and it was working fine. And then I started getting error messages about two minutes before it went on, and I go, oh, this doesn't look good. So, you know, we love our technology until it doesn't work for us. <laughs> yeah, it never fails. Uh, I think the Google Hangout uh, is a curse of my Notre Dame bloggers. Uh, we've had we've had uh, quite a few that have just gone awry for one reason or another. I did an hour and a half well, uh, recruiting roundup last year, or uh, this last recruiting cycle, and – the other people on the Google Hangout uh, didn't have the heart to tell me that I was cutting out completely the entire time. And I didn't know it until I watched oh. a YouTube video. I'm like, oh, dear Lord. So, completely understand. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm trying this, this new feature with it where you can, uh, you can, I can do a direct connect, go directly in and talk through my laptop, and it gives me HD sound. It sounds a lot better. But it just, man, I just, I've got a, I've got a software problem with my laptop and the, and the server I'm using here. I mean, it's just not all compatible. I just can't seem to figure it out. So I'm gonna have to, of course, I, I've got to let my 17 year old son figure it out for me. You know how that is. So, but, mm-hmm. uh, but we're gonna get into some, you know, the, the young guys with the technology. Well, uh, again, I appreciate you coming on. We had somebody from y'all site last year. They did a great job. So everybody started asking me a few weeks ago, hey, you going to get somebody from Notre Dame on? And I said, absolutely. So, um, well, from a Longhorn perspective, I'll just start out this. I I hope we have a better showing uh, this season than we led last season. Um, You know, I knew what we were running into. I actually thought Notre Dame last year was a playoff team. Um, you know, anything can happen once you get in the Final Four. But, I, I mean, I knew looking at y'all's roster with the NFL talent last year that y'all were loaded. And, and I mean, I, I know you, this is beating a dead horse for you Notre Dame fans, but uh, I, I think y'all had a legitimate shot to win the national championship. I think y'all were as good as Bama, Clemson, or anybody as far as talent. And then, you know, the, the injury bug just decimated y'all. So, you know, with everybody gone, uh, a lot of talent going to the NFL – uh, what are you expecting from your Fighting Irish this year? I know you still got a lot of talent, but I mean, I don't think you're as, as talented as you were last, last year. But I still think you're really good. So, what do you think? No, we uh, we definitely lost a lot of talent. In fact, uh, uh, something that Notre Dame fans probably don't like to hear, or they like to brush it off, is um, something that Pete Sampson had said. Uh, Pete Sampson, uh, uh, editor of Irish Illustrated, uh, Scott.com site, uh, had said about watching practice uh, this summer, and the freak factor was gone from uh, Notre Dame from the year before. Uh, you can look at guys like Kavari Russell and Jalen Smith and, you know, absolute pure athletic freaks out there on the field. And that's not to say that we don't have a, a whole lot of athletic guys and, you know, fast guys because we still do. But there was just – when you're talking about a freak, you're talking about someone who has that presence on the field that his athleticism just – goes above and beyond uh, the normal <laughs> stage of capacity. So I really don't know exactly, and I don't think we would, any of us will really know what we have, um, you know, uh, 
as a product to put on the field just because there are so many different parts this year. Yeah, and, you know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Houston, Texas fan as, as well, and, and so I've been kind of keeping up with Fuller down here in camp. And, um, I mean, Having a pretty you know, good yeah, preseason. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a stud um, with, with our <laughs> offense. I mean, he just – I mean, he is just a – I mean, you just can't cover him. He's so quick. I mean, yeah, his hands, he's going to drop some stuff, but I'm willing to give up some stuff like that just because, I mean, he's just so magnetic out there in the open field. I mean, he is just a beast to cover. Um so, yeah, I mean, losing a guy like that is just tough to replace. Well, what would you say the strength of your, your offense is this year? I know y'all got, you know, uh, I hate to use the word uh, quarterback issues. You know, I think y'all got two pretty good ones. It's just a matter of who is going to step up. So, who do you think is going to be the guy when it's said and done? And, and what do you think the strength of the offense is? And for me, I think it's the left side of those offensive line. I think they're really good. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I would actually go ahead and say the entire offensive line. I think they're really yeah. stout. Notre Dame actually losing three starters from last year, two of the NFL, one of them to your Texans, and Nick Martin, who's evident, who's another one that's uh, going to be a good one, I think, in the league. Um, and then, you know, Ronnie Stanley, obviously, uh, uh, to the Ravens. But we also lost Steve Elmer, who uh, him and Corey Robinson, of course, Corey Robinson, the wide receiver, they have both elected to pursue – uh, things outside of football. Uh, Elmer uh, wants to get into politics and uh, just wanted to, uh, to do some different things. And, see, and he was a start. He was a starter since his freshman year. Uh, so three-year starter decides that he's going to do something else other than football. So we're replacing three starters, but it's I. I don't want to. I'm not going to say anything like uh, totally belligerent, like addition by uh, subtraction. But there's not a whole lot that I feel that that we're losing when we're putting the guys up that we have now, they're big, mean, strong, hungry, angry individuals. Uh, and really for a season like this, where we've lost so many uh, weapons on the outside uh, at receiver. And I think Notre Dame is really going to be keying in on the run. Um, the group of guys that they have together on that line are absolutely perfect for, I think for what they uh, want to do. And as far as the quarterback situation goes, uh, <laughs> If I if I had my pick of the lot, I would go with Kaiser and all day long. Uh, it, it's it's never going to be a popular opinion uh, when you have two quarterbacks of that caliber just to go with one and roll with it. Uh, uh, but I feel that his body of work is that much more vast. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Zaire started two games, um, or excuse me, started three games in his career and only really played meaningful minutes in another one. Whereas, you know, Kaiser basically started the entire year last year uh, after that second game. So, uh, I would like to see Kaiser. I and I really couldn't tell you, you know, what, what your huge. I don't think there's not a huge difference as far as I'm concerned. People would think that you're if you're looking to run the ball more, you go with Zaire. But I just don't see it. Kaiser can run, uh, can run very well. They're just different styles of runners when they do have the ball in their hands and suck it. Um, and I mean, Kaiser's just a better passer overall, but I mean, it's, I, that's what, that's the definite thing where we can all do the generalities of, man, we have really no idea until we see what goes on. I think Kelly wants to really just use both of them as much as he can. And maybe until they find a, uh, you know, what's going to work. And unfortunately, uh, <laughs> having a team that the caliber of Texas be your first team, 
finding out what's going to work is, is going to be, a, I think, a little bit of a struggle uh, in the first half, at least. Yeah, uh, yeah, I appreciate. Well, I'm sure we appreciate the compliment, but I don't know how caliber we are. We've got lots of answers, and we'll talk about us <laughs> well, in a little bit. But well, well I mean, you're not, you're not Bethune Cookman, or uh, you know, you're not Ball State. It's, you know, we don't really play a whole lot of cupcake cupcakes, um, and we're used to a front-loaded schedule at the beginning of the season. And that, that's what I would, and that's what I mean for sure. I mean, you guys are a lot of teams would be this year seems to be the abnormal where you got oh, so many good games in week one. But then look at week two and everyone's yeah. playing uh, cupcakes, basically. But, no, it's going to be a struggle to try to figure out, you know, to get in that rhythm, that game day rhythm of uh, of what you're going to do, especially when you have this uh, quarterback situation. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. We're, we're extremely young. Um, I mean, Charlie has, has done a really good job um, the last two and a half years of rebuilding the, the roster. Uh, I mean, if you just go man for man, even though it's young um, – you know, probably got, I don't know, I think we're right at the 85 scholarship um, number, um, probably 62 to 65 or, or, you know, maybe a little more, a little less, or, or, or all his guys that he recruited. And, and, I, and I said this last week, we've probably got as much overall um, roster talent as we've had since, the you know, the bench young era. So it's loaded, it's just young. Yeah, I think you guys have – and. Uh, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but I've always thought you guys have been pretty talented, even throughout through these these lean years. Uh, I, really, I just think your, your coaching was atrocious there at the end with uh, with Mac and and then Charlie trying to do his thing. It was just like a two different worlds colliding, and you know, usually when that happens, there's going to be some struggles. So I've never doubted Texas's talent level, uh, you know, but it's the guys that they've got. You know, Texas is is a football state, and a lot of those kids that were getting, you know, everyone was giving Mac Brown props for how he was recruiting, getting these kids as sophomores. Well, I, I think there was an entitlement issue, and if anyone can speak to an entitlement, it's Notre Dame. Uh, we co- I completely understand how some of your your recruits have had got that complacency heading into the program, and then these big name guys not really producing, and. Charlie, who was actually, you know, who Charlie Strong, who was not a stranger to Notre Dame by any means by, by coaching there, I think he actually understood that. I think a stop at Notre Dame helped, it really helped him with a place like Texas where he can deal with, uh, deal with some of those issues. So I think you guys are in a good spot. So speaking of head coaches, um, you know, Kelly up there, you know, uh, from Notre Dame, people I've talked to, I would say overall most are, you know, and you're probably more, you know, obviously you're more in, in tune with it with me, but just from the outside looking in, it seems like most are pretty happy with him. There's always going to be a contingent of any fan base that, that doesn't like the head coach. But what, what do you think he does really well in areas and then it's something that, you know, that, that you know, kind of even drives you nuts that, that, that Kelly does? Well, one of the best things I think that Kelly does is, is he's a program manager. Uh, and he's, they're, they're a great uh, developer of talent. Will Fuller, we've already talked about before. Uh, and I think rivals end up rating him as a four-star towards the end of his high school career. But he was a three-star, kind of a, kind of a guy nobody talked about, a regional, you know, inner-city Philadelphia. Inner-city Philadelphia doesn't put out a whole lot of uh, talent anymore. Uh, but he, here's a kid that they took, boom, developed him into a really good wideout. I mean, He's going to make a name for himself in the NFL. But 
overall, the way Kelly has, has redefined the roster, and he's, he's changed every year. He's, he's, the man has a, has a plan. And really that, that was a, what was lacking from Notre Dame with Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss did a great thing for Notre Dame, and that was proving the fact that Notre Dame can still get top talent to come to, Notre, to, come to the school. Willie Hamdo, at the end of his few years there, was recruiting basically nobodies. And nobody thought Notre Dame could recruit again. In comes Charlie Weiss, proves that theory wrong. Problem was, Charlie Weiss had just the biggest haphazard plan around as when it came to recruiting. It was so kind of spotty and uh, didn't make any sense and, and all that. Well, in comes a guy who organizational skills are second to none with Brian Kelly. And he was really able to change everything about that program, the way, the way it's, uh, he developed a roster. Uh, so that's definitely the best thing that he, that he does as a coach. Probably the worst thing that he does as a coach is, is some of the stuff that a coach should be able to do, and that's uh, a little bit of the game uh, situation. Uh, I think Notre Dame fans beat him a little unfairly and also, you know, fairly for some of the – Last year we had two-point conversion, uh, you know, they're like, why are you doing this? And, and if anyone remembers, Notre Dame lost two games last year by a total of four points. Two-point conversions yep. were involved in both those games. So I, I think he has some uh, – a tendency to make the wrong choice, and I, I'm really okay with that uh, overall. I mean, that, a lot of that to me is he of the moment. If you, if, you can, if you get it, you're a god. If you don't, you're horrible. And those kinds of decisions, I'll, I'll never really bake, bake a coach over too much. You know, it's not like it happens over and over and over and over again. Um, I don't mind at all Kelly's temper. I thought everyone blows that out of proportion. I really even thought the South Florida thing was blown completely out of, <laughs> out of proportion. So, uh, you know, if, as long as he keeps doing what he does best, uh, which is organize, which is developing a program to win with a plan, uh, he should be around for a while. But the really, I, I'm as shocked as anybody that it really, I would almost bet about half and half, you know, about half the fan base yeah. likes Brian Kelly, about half doesn't. And from a, pro, from a program that was struggling so hard to win consistently and then and to be out of the, you know, out of a really a run for national titles, uh, you know, once you hit October, November, for him to have a season like 2012, go undefeated, and, yeah, they got curve stopped by Alabama. But you know what? I'm pretty sure just about every other school in the country uh, come that bowl game was going to get curve stopped by Alabama. I don't care who you were. Yeah, uh, so, that's true. Yeah, I can live with that, and I'm really proud of that. That was – I mean, I was, I'm 38 years old. Our last national title was in 1988, so I was 10 years old – or, you know, 10 and a half years old when we won it. That's not a big – I remember it all, you know, but for most of my adult life, it's been kind of an up and down, up and down, up and down. 2012 was the greatest season of, our, of my life as a fan to watch. And the sad part was is that we all were just waiting for the shoe to drop and something to go sour. That whole, you know, it was hard. To, you can sit back and enjoy it more now. Uh, but but uh, it's total proof of that what he does can work, so – I hate it was your one game away from yeah. winning it. It means that you're doing something right. Yeah, I think I think for people like for like us, you know, who you know, you you know, you've got the sight, the one foot down. I do the podcast. I mean, yeah, we're you know, I always tell my people I'm not a journalist. I'm not a 
I'm not covering the Longhorns. I'm a fan first. I, you know, I, I make that very clear. But I think there's a lot of truth there. I, I remember, you know, in 05 with Vince Young. I mean, don't get me wrong. Love, love the season. It was great. But you're, you're so, you know, you're, you're not that all fans are not. I'm not saying I'm a special fan or nothing. But you're so in it that, I mean, it almost becomes, you, you know, it's, it's like you can't really enjoy the wins because you're so scared of losing because you want something special. I actually didn't really – I mean, obviously we scored fourth and five. I nearly had a stroke and a heart attack in the Rose Bowl and lost it. I was so excited. But, I mean, it really didn't sink in for me for, like, months down the road that I really didn't enjoy it because the season was so stressful. So I think you make a very, very good point there. But but, but let's, let, let me get back on point here. I want to talk about the Notre Dame defense. Sure. I mean, obviously Notre Dame coaches, you all know, we've got Sterling Gilbert, new offensive staff. Uh, you know, our, our quarterback uh, position, I mean, it's Michelle Swoops, Swoops, Michelle, Michelle Swoops. I mean, we don't know what's going on. Probably both going to play, one's going to play. I mean, nobody knows. So how do you think the Notre Dame defense is, is going to attack one? Our offense is going to look completely different uh, with, the, with the spread. I guess that's what they're calling it with Sterling Gilbert. And then, obviously, um, two different quarterbacks in Michelle and Swoops. Yeah, well, uh, for as many struggles as uh, the defense has had under Brad Van Gorder, uh, one thing that they haven't struggled too much with has been uh, fresh, you know, starter for, you know, freshman quarterbacks. He's actually gobbled them up fairly well. Um, and that's just a general, you know, generality there. Um, but, I, but we've also struggled with high tempo uh, offenses, you know, some fast paced, Offense, and not necessarily the spread, but if you run in the spread, high tempo, Notre Dame has had some issues uh, with that, especially under Brian Van Gorder. And that's very, um, you know, that's in the back of their heads. And Brian Kelly has stated that at his Tuesday press conference already. Uh, so I think they're real cognizant of what, uh, I think of what Texas, the changes that Texas has made. And I, I, I won't say that they're going to be ready for whatever you throw at us, but I think that they have a, a pretty. They're probably going to have a pretty good plan in place. Um, you know, it, it it helps. It helps and hurts a little bit that you have a fresh. You know, it could be you know Bichelle, uh Number one, you don't have a whole lot of tape on them, but it's still a freshman. So you, you know right. they're. I don't care who you. I don't care who you are. They're still, they're fairly easy to confuse uh, once you get into the thick of things. First game of the year, big crowd, prime time. I mean huge game uh there's more of a tendency for a kid to fold and i'm not saying like crash and burn but there's more tendency for mistakes to be made rather than uh you know to to become the heisman hype of the day you know right well hey look who's on the line my co-host is finally with me so hey matt what's going on tonight hey guys sorry i'm late i i see now that I'm catching up on Twitter. There was a little delay getting started, so I wasn't sure, so I jumped off, but I'm here now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, yeah I um, had some issues. Um, uh, the laptop almost got kicked about 37 <laughs> yards into the street. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I, I was on here 40 minutes before. Is that, an NFL, is that oh, a man, stat for the NFL draft? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, everything was working great. Because I get on there, I don't just, you know, I, I get everything set up, all the intro, all my notes, and I got the software, I test it. I even do a quick, like, five or ten-minute podcast and then delete it and listen it back to make sure. Everything. 
man, everything was 100% go, and then two minutes before the show, blue screen, I said, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, go on and jump in Pretty there funny, with uh, Joshua. I... And, and go ahead, uh, Matt, and jump no, in. I... Yeah, no, I was just going to say real quick, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit, but uh, – uh, I called in, and usually for the listeners, Mike will jump on, and we'll talk for like five minutes before the show starts because we can just, you know, we got no show that's on yet. And so he didn't say anything, and then I was like, okay, well, maybe he's busy. And the fight song came on to open the show, and I was like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to dive into this thing. And then it was just silence, and so I was just saying, uh, hello, is this a solo show tonight, or I'm not sure what's going on. So I just dropped off, but I'm happy to be back now. Well, good. You got anything for Josh? Well, I, you know, unfortunately I kind of jumped in about halfway through, and I think he just kind of answered the question I was going to ask about about the defense. That's usually kind of where I focus on, on asking the uh, the opposing opposing fans. So if you want to throw it, put him in the hot seat and start talking predictions, we can certainly do that. Hey, absolutely. I don't want to hold him up all night, but I will ask you this, Josh. What, what do you see as a couple, one or two, I guess, key points um, for Notre Dame getting out of Austin with a win? What do they got to do right? Well, I'll actually touch on the defense a little bit more here um, to kind of go along with that. Um, obviously, Notre Dame lost uh, starting free safety Max Redfield uh, due to some issues off the field, and it was kicked off the team. Uh, so in place of Max Redfield, we have a, a, a six-year senior and Avery Sebastian, who was a transfer from uh, from Cal uh, and has had just been killed by injuries his entire career. Um, but they're gonna, and he's more of a strong safety, but they're going to be putting him over on the free safety spot. And our strong safety, Drew Tranquil, has also had his own uh, injury battles throughout the year. With, I mean, you can talk about any Notre Dame player, I guess, if you're talking about some injuries. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is during spring – uh, freshman Devin Studstill had actually beaten out Max Redfield um, for most of the spring at that starting spot. So most people had assumed that with Redfield gone, he would be sliding in. Obviously, we were all wrong. Uh, Sebastian will be the starter. But the reason I bring that up is, <coughs> excuse me, is that you have a couple of big running backs, and they're pretty quick. Uh, what Tranquil and what Sebastian do very well is – they come inside the box and they can, you know, lay the wood. So the hope I think there is that even though that we're missing a little bit of speed there uh, at safety from, you know, from a Redfield to a Sebastian and really from a Stenfield to, to, to Sebastian, uh, we're really going to be defending what I think is your biggest strength, and that's going to be, you know, running the football with, uh, with those big backs. Um, I think if Notre Dame can do that, uh, I think we'll take our chances a little bit with, uh, with some deep throws. Our corners are, are actually as good of a pair as we've had um, together, uh, and that's including the time with Russell uh, and Cole Luke. And, and dare I say, this is kind of a bold statement to say that, but a, a redshirt freshman, um, Sean Crawford. So I think if the defense can ring in the, your running game a little bit, uh, slow it down with our running game, I think we have a pretty good shot at pulling out the victory. And you guys ready for a prediction? You want to score? Absolutely. Go ahead. All right. We'll go ahead and say 31-17 um, with a, I won't say a garbage touchdown, but uh, fairly garbage uh, towards the end. 
Okay. Well, me and Matt will give our um, predictions. Uh, we always do ours um, a little bit later in the show. Well, Josh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, again, I apologize for the technical issues. Um, I appreciate you having me. Uh, no problem. Had a great time. Uh, yeah, but be sure to definitely tell our um, tell our listeners and everybody um, where they can find y'all stuff and find your site. Um, I've been over there um, the last few weeks reading y'all's articles, and you, know, you definitely got some good contributors there. Um, I, I'm a big SB Nation guy. I like going to all the different fan sites and, and reading stuff because, you know, I'm obviously huge college football fans, so I just like to know what's going on. And I think y'all do a real good job over there. So tell our listeners where to find you. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're uh, One Foot Down. You can find us at onefootdown.com on the SB Nation Network. You can also find us on Twitter, at One Foot Down, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Pinterest. Trust me when I say that we are rolling out the Pinterest hard. Uh, and <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got I got my wife running that for us. Uh, <laughs> so we're we got a little bit we're in a little bit of space everywhere. If I could ever figure out why anyone does Snapchat, we have an account for that too. But uh, <laughs> I have not quite uh, decided to take the time to really figure out why anyone's doing that. But uh, but that's where we're at. Uh, we'll be uh, having a f- quite a few previews come up. Uh, over the next couple of days, um, my personal favorites uh, called the uh, the Andy Preview. I've done it for years now, and it really has nothing to do with the game. It has everything to do with the spectacle. So, uh, if you, y'all are interested in that, need a good drink recipe, uh, we'll we'll have all that over there. Well, man, we really appreciate it. If you have any of your readers or any Notre Dame fans that are um, coming into Austin, don't know much about it. Um, Tell them to hit me up on Twitter, and I can direct them in the right direction for us. Good restaurants, good things to do. Austin's a great town. Uh, me and my co-host, Matt, went up to South Bend last year, as all of us saw. We were treated extremely well. It was my first time to y'all's campus. Beautiful campus, great people, and I would expect nothing um, but hospitality from Longhorn Nation for all the Notre Dame fans traveling to Austin. Josh, we appreciate it. Well, fantastic. They'll be looking for air conditioners, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, have a good evening, man. We appreciate you. <laughs> you too. Thank you. All right. That's Josh Bowles with One Foot Down, the SB Nation Notre Dame site. As always, another excellent guest, um, knows um, everything. So if y'all want to find him on Twitter, he's at the Subway Domer. Uh, go check out their stuff if you want in- more information um, about Notre Dame. So, uh, man, it's game week, Matt. It doesn't get any better than this, does it? Can't wait, man. I'm I'm fired up. I wish it was Friday already, so I could get in the car and head to Austin. Yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be here before we know it. Well, I thought before we jump into the the next thing is we'd just kind of go around um, around the country a little bit real quick, and I guess let's just start the SEC. Um, and then, I mean, we'll make this quick. We don't need to draw it out. But um, I think I, I'm, gonna, I'm I'm picking Tennessee on one side, LSU on the other, and I've got LSU winning um, the um, the SEC. I, I, that's who I think um, at the end of the day is going to come out. Um, I think Alabama's going to be right there, um, you know. Um, but I'm just going with LSU. I think they have a lot coming back, and I, I just think for the first time we're really going to see Alabama struggle at the quarterback position regardless of their talent. Um, you know, they're, they're down there a little bit. Obviously, they're loaded everywhere else, but LSU is my pick out of the SEC. Well, I'm going to go Alabama until proven otherwise. I'll ride them one more year, and then I'm going to take Georgia out of the East. I'm going to say Kirby Smart 
gets past uh, Tennessee and uh, Alabama will probably lay waste to Georgia and SEC titles. Wow, that is um, that, 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 that that's a strong pick for a for a brand new coach. It's the SEC East, you know. It's basically like Sun Belt Super. Of course, everybody's saying, well, Mike, how are the, how are the Aggies going to finish? Well, they didn't finish in the top two. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just well, I, 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 I looked down. at their schedule. We'll talk, uh, I honestly don't think they're going much better than six and six, which is kind of sad because um, they may get rid of Sumlin now, and that may be bad news for us. They may actually get somebody good over there. Well, let's move to the ACC. Um, you know, obviously Florida State, Clemson are, are you know, same – same Atlantic division. Um, they're probably the best two teams. They're going to play each other. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go against the grain here, too. I'm going to take Florida State to win it. Uh, I think Clemson's going to be right there, but they lost some very key defensive players. Obviously, I think they're going to have the Heisman winner. But, you know, they kind of surprised people last year. Um, this year, they're going to be the hunted. I think they're going to drop one somewhere. They're going to have a bad game. So, I'm going with Florida State this year out of the ACC. Wow, I, mm, I, I, kind of with you on Clemson at least dropping one, but I don't see Florida State being good enough to pass them, um, and I don't believe. I mean, yet again, for like the seventh straight year, people are saying, you know, watch out for North Carolina, but uh, they've yeah. got to prove it to me. So I'll go with Clemson to repeat. Okay, yeah, I mean either one. Um, all right, let's move over to the pack, which uh, I mean. The pack to me looks like a conference that's got quite a few good teams and then some pretty good teams. They don't have anybody that just really stands out. I think UCLA is on the upswing with the you know the the, the Josh Rosen. Um, I think USC is is going to be improved now that they've gotten you know some them issues resolved with the coaching, uh, and then Stanford. So uh, that's actually who I'm going to pick the last team there. I'm going with Stanford um, to win the pack, but I don't think. Uh, an a, uh, a pack team is going to make the playoffs again, but I am going with Stanford, um, which you know I still think Stanford may be nine and three, ten and two, but I don't see anybody in there eleven and one or twelve and zero. I think it, a minimum of two losses for the champion, and they're going to be left out. So Stanford's going to be my pack champion. Yeah, I'm really interested in the Pac-12 because first of all, I'd like to welcome Washington back to college football relevance. Uh, apparently, they, yeah. uh, Peterson's finally got something cooking there. But uh, I don't know. I think the media may be a year ahead on them. But I think they'll be good, and they could screw up the race for, for somebody. Um, but, man, if you look at the Pac-12, I mean, Stanford-Kansas State is an opening matchup. I'll be interested to see what both those teams look like. It should be an interesting game. And then you got USC playing Bama and UCLA playing at A&M. So, We'll know a lot more about the Pac-12 uh, by how they look in week one. I, I lean towards Stanford. Uh, I hate to keep picking repeats because that almost never happens, but yeah. I think this is three for three. But I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, USC, maybe watch out, but, God, Dave Shaw is such a good coach that I still think they've got a huge advantage over pretty much everyone in the Pac-12 coaching-wise unless uh, Washington does make that leap. So for now, give me Stanford. All right, I'll let you start off with the um, the Big 12. Who 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 you like in the Big 12? Oh, in the Big 12. Okay. Uh I'm going to go with TCU. 
I think that uh, right now I'm just still not 100% sold on Oklahoma um, to win the conference just because I feel like whenever we hear a review of Oklahoma on all these endless pregame or pre preseason shows, uh, we hear Baker Mayfield, P. Ryan, Mixon. I'm not hearing a whole lot about the parts of the teams that have really hurt them, which is their their trenches, offensive and defensive line. So they need to show me something. I think TCU had a good year last year despite just getting obliterated by injuries and having a bunch of young guys in there. And I think Patterson gets dangerous uh, after he's got guys with a little more experience. And I do think that Kenny Hill found the perfect landing spot um, coming to TCU, and I think he's going to really do well. So right now I would say TCU is the favorite. Yeah, it's interesting because I uh, I got Oklahoma and TCU, yeah, right there a little bit above, and, and my concerns with OU are, are exactly the same. Um, I think TCU, man, I just look at their roster. Yeah, I know what Patterson does, but, man, they just lost so much offensive talent. Now, I think their defense is going to be stellar, even though they played a lot of young people, um, and I think that will carry them. But again, I just think they're gonna they're gonna drop a game that they probably shouldn't, and, and you know I think the, there's, the three or four teams are just gonna beat up on each other. Uh, I think Oklahoma probably had two losses um, this year. You know they could drop Ohio State, drop one or two in the conference. So um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Oklahoma just a slight edge right now, just just because of the uh, the quarterback position. I think he can win a game or two just on his own and pull something out. I like their running backs. I think their offensive line is still suspect. Um, and, of course, I know they're going to lose one up there in October, um, early in October. So, um, <laughs> I've already got them. I've already got them with one loss. So, but I, I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and put Oklahoma slightly yeah, in. But, yeah, that game, the TCU-Oklahoma game, and if, I, and if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken – I didn't even look. I believe that game is in Fort Worth this year, isn't it? Is Oklahoma playing at yeah, 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 I believe. Yeah, so I mean, you've got to you got to give uh, you've got to give TCU a slight advantage, and I, and I agree with you that that I think Kenny Hill found a good spot. I, I just don't know if he's going to have enough weapons. I just want to see TCU's offense before I can do anything. I just think they're going to they're, you know they're going to struggle in some games to really move the ball. So. Um, you know, but it, it's going to be fun to see it play out. Well, well, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm not going to ask you to pick our game, but um, um, how, how are you feeling going into Notre Dame? I mean, what's your what's your thoughts? The quarterback, who do you prefer to start? And then I'll I'll kind of give you my take on it. Yeah, I think. Uh... I mean, I think both are just going to play. I think that uh, my mm-hmm. my gut feeling, not having any inside information, is just that I think that they've kind of got the first quarter scripted out. Um, I think they know what they want to do to come out to start the game, and then they know what they want to do to mm-hmm. counterpunch, whatever that is, whatever the order that is. It could be Bouchelle and let her rip, uh, and then soften up that defense for the running game with swoops and shorter passes, or it could be the exact opposite. But to me – the two matchups I think that are the most interesting are, um, you know, can Texas run on Notre Dame? Can they play physical football on Notre Dame? And then the opposite uh, on defense, can they, do we have the horses up front to slow down Notre Dame's rushing attack? Because I feel like if it is a game of Texas having to throw and Notre Dame having to run, then we could be in big trouble. And if it's the opposite, 
uh, Texas is able to run and Notre Dame has to throw, then we could be in for a lot of fun. Uh, and so, I mean, it is I, – I think that the game will swing wildly on that, uh, and I think early on will tell us a lot. Uh, I'm very concerned about, you know, up front, uh, first down, winning first and second down and stopping, you know, six or seven-yard rushes to start a drive for Notre Dame. Uh, but I feel a little bit better, especially I think the secondary for Texas is going to really take strides. Like last year they looked good. We had guys that are, you know, very young that, that looked great for freshmen. And now, you know, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Now the next step is making big plays, like game-changing plays, pick sixes. I know we had Holton Hill get get one. We had some of these guys force turnovers, but really uh, in uh, asserting their will, uh, I'm looking to do, to see them do that. Now, will they do it against Notre Dame? I don't know, but I think at some point in the year they're going to be the strength of this defense. Uh, hopefully it's, it starts right away. Yeah, like I said last week, I think this, the, key to, the key to the defense this year is, is, is the Devontae Davis. You're going to be able to lock him down on the other team's best receiver and just say, okay, you go, you go take care of this guy. And everybody else can then, you know, you know, play defense and move some things around. I think they're gonna they're gonna be able to move Malik around a little bit. Um, you know, I think they're gonna ha- I think we're gonna be able to do some things on defense we just weren't able to do. Uh, I think the biggest thing for the defense is gonna be which two or three true freshman defensive line uh, linemen step up. Uh, you know, Jordan Elliott, Wilburn, um, you know, Roach on defensive end. I mean, who's going to, you know, who's going to be the guy with Chris Daniels when he gets back healthy? Um, Christmas um, Giles, is he going to be in there? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what one or two guys are really going to be able to, to turn it on at this level. And, and, and maybe none of them, but maybe we've got, now that we've got three or four really, really good guys, they all give us eight or nine full-speed snaps every game, and, and that may be how we roll the first part of the season. So I think that's the key is I think we really have to uh, make Notre Dame one-dimensional. We, we cannot let them run the ball and then let them just, you know, pick us apart when they, you know, we've got to take a one thing. We've either got to lock them down on the pass or lock down the run and then, and then use our speed. Uh, and, you know, and, and back to the quarterback thing is I really don't know what they're going to do. My, my biggest concern, and it may be all coach speak, but, I mean, Strong has shown he doesn't do a whole lot of coach speak. As he said, we kind of know who our starter is going to be, uh, and we're going to roll with that guy. So, I mean, I thought, and then somebody said, we're not going to be pulling the guy. He's got to get settled in the game. We're not going to have a quick leash. Well, what do you do if you roll Swoops out there? And, you know, and, and, and Swoops does what we've seen for three years. He fumbles a snap. He throws a pick six when he throws or an interception. And next thing you know, we're down 17 nothing. I mean, do you continue to roll that out there, or do you go to Shane? I mean, I, that's my concern. I mean, will he get stubborn to say, well, I said I'm rolling with him. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to how it plays out. And maybe Swoops has turned the corner. This may be the ideal offense for him. Maybe, you know, Gilbert has, has done something. Um, you know, uh, I, I'll be shocked if we really don't have an idea in the next day or two who's really going to be the guy. Uh, I can't see him going every other series going with the hot hand because Strong said they're not going to do that. So, um, I guess it's going to be a mystery until um, until Sunday night, and we see what happens. But um, the, the, the number one key is, is exactly what you said. We've got to be able to run the ball on offense, protect the quarterback, and and and, and limit Notre Dame to what they do. Um, and, and I hey, think Mike, that, real that'll quick. give us. A, go ahead, go ahead. Now, uh, real quick, I think you know you touched on something that I didn't maybe catch or or didn't hear, but. If, if you really read between the lines on those statements, I really think that that 
is is saying that Bouchelle is the, is the guy. Because if you think about I it, think so. uh, I mean, if you think about it, if you're saying we're stick, we've got our guy and we're sticking with him, I just cannot fathom a world in which uh, Swoops has so clearly dominated ball practice that he has somehow not only surpassed Bouchelle, but like Bouchelle isn't even going to see a field until hopefully we have a big lead against UTEP in week two and he's cleaning up. So I think I think statements like that kind of, you know, who knows what they say in the locker room, but the number one thing you need for a freshman, right, is confidence. And if he's saying some stuff like, hey, we're going to put him out there and he's going to be the man, I mean, that is what you tell a freshman is don't look over your shoulder. We know there's two quarterbacks, but do not press because you're worried that if you don't throw, you know, make the right read, you're coming out next series. You have got this. You're the guy. So I think if you take those statements, I don't think they really mesh with what I said about uh, certainly about alternating quarterbacks. And then I don't think that it's the kind of stuff you say if Swoops is going to be the guy. I think Swoops has got enough experience and and has been through enough. You wouldn't need to kind of protect him and say that, oh, yeah, well, don't worry, we're not going to put you, you know, put you in a situation where you, you alternate or anything like that. I think Swoops would accept whatever – uh, you know, whatever the coaches threw at him. Not to say that Bouchelle wouldn't accept it, but I just think a freshman gets treated a little bit differently, and that sounds like a coach preparing for a freshman to take all the snaps. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to predict. I, I think I think Bouchelle's running out there, and and um, they're going to have the, the package for um, for Swoops, you know, the 18-wheeler and a few other plays. Well, before we get into our rest of our picks, let's go in and let's just start off with our game, and I'll um, I'll let you go first. I want to hear a score prediction. Oh man, we're starting with the main event first, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, where I'm where I'm at is certainly uh, you look to see major improvement over that disaster last year. I think we were a better team at the end of the year. I tried to think to myself, you know, if we go to South Bend. Uh, all teams, you know, being equal with injuries and all of that. If we go to the South Bend on December 2nd last year, uh, did we lose 38-3 to again? I would say no way, but we would certainly lose, I think. You know, we did beat Baylor at the end of the year, uh, but I still think Notre Dame was probably a couple touchdowns better than us, um, you know, by the, by the end of the regular season. Uh, so then what you want to see is a look, you know, have we made, made up two touchdowns on these guys? Uh, if you believe that first premise. And I think we're really close, um, at least given the atmosphere here and the fact that we're catching them in game one. Uh, I think Notre Dame's got, you know, as I think as the the, uh, Subway Domer mentioned on the earlier guest call, they've got depth and they've got definitely way more experience. They're just a more established program at this time. Uh, So you've got to overcome that, and you've got to overcome it by – having, uh, you know, guys up front that can stop the run and then getting them in situations third and long, stuff like that, where you really make Kaiser or Zaire beat you throwing, uh, which I I do like that opportunity. I think that our coaching staff has shown a great ability in our back seven to throw stuff at quarterbacks and make them look bad. Um, So that's what you're hoping for. I'm going to – hedge my bets a little bit and say that I still think Notre Dame is going to sneak out of here with the victory, um, but I see it being a very close game. Um, I could you know, possibly see a scenario like our guests predicted where you know, it really is a close game and maybe there's a garbage touchdown at the end, uh, but I'm going to say after all of that, I'm going to say uh, Notre Dame 30, Texas 23. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think there's two very important. I, I don't think we can lose the turnover battle. Matter of fact, I don't think we can have any turnovers and give away free possessions. Uh, I, I think we have to play perfect football. I think the defense has to come out and play at a high level. We basically have to, to have the mindset and, and, and do exactly what we did against OU last year, just completely show up and, and dominate the game, get some momentum, take – take Notre Dame out of their game. Uh, as everybody that's been listening to this show for five, six years, you know, I've, I've pretty much been the, the, the homer. Um, but, you know, I guess, you know, it, it, I, I'm, I'm, right, I'm right now with this team. I, I, I like the direction we're going. There's more talent. Um, but we're, we're just not there yet. And I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to, you know, uh, I want Strong to succeed. Um but he's just going to have to prove it to me on the field that he can get a team ready for a big game and not get blown out, you know, and, and, and have us ready to play and, 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 and make game day decisions, uh, adapt on the go, um, and, and do it. So until I see it, I'm not, I can't pick us to beat a team like Notre Dame. And obviously with Michelle, he's going to make some mistakes. Um, he's going to see some coverage and things. So sadly, uh, we're all going to be pumped. But probably with about six minutes to go in the third quarter, um, it's going to be real quiet because I've got Notre Dame 34, Texas 16. Wow! All right, surprise. So, uh, I thought I thought uh, Mike that you had worked yourself into. I really thought you had worked yourself into picking Texas to win this game. I'm very surprised. Well, I, I, I've, I've been I've been going with it back and forth, and I just. Um, I'm not sold yet. I'm just not going to buy in until I see it. I mean, we're we were five and seven last year. I mean, we're we're, we're you know we're in my opinion we're in year seven of 1980 of, uh, of the mid 90s again. We're, we're we're smack dab in the middle of the Makovic uh, McWilliams type years, and so I want to see what player or what coach can pull us out of it. I mean, that's where we are. I mean, we're seven years yeah. in. And it, it, it looks it looks exactly the same to me. A lot of people ain't old enough to remember those those years. I am because I saw it and was there. And we're smack dab in it. So I just I want to be proven wrong. I, I mean I, I mean I'll, I'll be thrilled to death to walk out of there. We beat Notre Dame. Uh, I want us to go twelve and zero this year. That would be awesome. But you know all the talk and all that's over. At the end of the day, I, I want to see it. I want to see I want to see action. You know words are words. And so uh, that's where I am. Uh, I'm, I'm just not. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid right now. Uh, you know. Well, I and Mike, Mike mail, you made a great point go about. Uh, you made a great point about you know somebody stepping up and making a play because I go back to the OU game last year, and uh, you know was it Marcus Johnson that scored on the first touchdown where he, I mean Oklahoma's tackling looked like they were playing too too below. Um, yeah, but that, and that was a great play, and it sent a message. But I think what really sent the message, and what really kind of, I don't know, this Texas teams under Strong have just played with this kind of tension that is not a good tension. Like it feels like they're kind of waiting for something to go wrong, and then when we forced the fumble on the ensuing kickoff after that huge touchdown, it was like, okay, it, this is this is happening. This is going to happen today. And it, they played like a completely different team. Um, and I think we've seen plays like that, you know, occasionally in, in some of Strong's victories where we kind of like 
release the pressure. And I think that's a huge thing to look for in the Notre Dame game. Like you envision, you know, defense forces a turnover in the first series or something like that and sets the crowd off. And I really think this team is capable of doing a lot more, but they kind of got themselves on a bit of a restrictor just from playing with this, whatever it is. I don't necessarily think it's Coach Strong's fault. I think it could be youth or whatever, but uh, that's definitely something. I could certainly see, uh, you know, these guys just playing loose and running downhill and giving Notre Dame all kinds of trouble. Um, but they've got to make that play to get that started. And Notre Dame is too good that if you fall into the pit and they start just running it on you and uh, making it a grind-out game, that they're going to wear us down. Yeah, I mean, I would not be surprised if we come out there in our speed. I mean, I do think we've got more speed um, than we've had in some time, and our athleticism took over and, and really surprised Notre Dame, and we jumped out like we did against Notre Dame. Don't get me wrong. I would not be surprised at that. I'm just saying I've got to, I've got to see it, that, that, that we're really yep. on, the, on, the, on the upswing. I, I, just, I just want to see it on the field now. I, w- I want to see it all come together. I mean, I want to see a game where we don't kick off uh, at the beginning of both halves. I want to see adjustments. I want to see, uh, I want to see good football. I mean, I want to see the offensive line block. I want to, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to see what I've been seeing for five years. You know, it's just I'm, I'm ready for something different. Like I said, I hate to say it, but we're in year seven of a, uh, of not very good football. And, I, and I've seen this, I've read this book and seen this movie before, and it's not much fun. Well, let's move on to a couple picks real quick. We won't do all of them, but we want to do a few. Let's talk about talk about our buddies, uh, Aaron's Houston Cougars against the Oklahoma Sooners. Cougars coming off uh, a big season, 12-1, and won their bowl game, beat Florida State, lots of hype. But I think they get brought back to reality this week. I think Oklahoma rolls. I'm going 38-17, Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm right there with you. I feel like... I like said before, I don't think OU is quite as good as everybody says. I definitely don't think Houston is quite as good as everybody says. And I don't think Houston has – I don't think they're ready for what's coming. I, mean, I think OU will struggle being physical in the Big 12, but I think they can be physical against Houston. Um, I'm going to go with 48 to 30 Oklahoma. So give me OU and then definitely give me the over. I think Houston will start scoring some points when this game's well in hand. Next one, another Big 12 team, West Virginia, Missouri. Uh, West Virginia's 10-point favorite. Um, I think they cover that easy. Uh, Missouri's just not going to be good. Um, I think we started seeing that last year. Um, they're just not getting the Texas recruits. Uh, like they're, they're recruiting his way down. I think we're West Virginia rolls. I'm going to say 34-10 West Virginia. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Uh, West, our Missouri's offense is god-awful. I don't see that changing. Uh, West Virginia's had injuries in preseason camp, but it won't affect them here. I'm almost right there with you. I'll change it up a little bit, and I'll go 33-13 West Virginia. Ole Miss, Florida State, SEC, ACC, good matchup. Florida State's laying about four and a half. Um, I like Florida State in this one. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say 34-30 Florida State. Give me, uh, give me Florida State, forty-one, Ole Miss, thirty-four, in uh, overtime. And then obviously the game that had you discombobulated the other night, Alabama USC, a trap game written all over it for for betting purposes. You know, 
I, we've seen this before, that, that Alabama comes out and always gets off to a slow start and wins games like, you know, you know, 21 to 10, but they, they hold a team to 130 yards offense. They dominate. You know, that 54 looked just enticing on the over, but you're thinking, man, there's just no way Alabama's giving up those kind of points. So, yeah, if I was if I was going to bet it, I would take the under. But I'm going to say Alabama 30. Actually, I'm going to go Alabama 27 because I think they're going to run the ball a lot. It's going to be a fast game. 24-17. Uh, 27-17 Alabama. That's what I'm going with. Ten-point win. Yeah, I. that's what I said on Twitter. I just – I can't see USC no matter what with, I believe, USC starting a new freshman. Freshman? I don't know. New quarterback against Alabama's defense. I know Alabama lost a bunch, but they've got five stars to plug them in, and Nick Saban will have them ready. Uh, and I just don't see Alabama scoring a lot. Now, where you get burned when you go under 54 for the total is that then Alabama has, like, three punt returns for touchdowns or something and run, gets a bunch of scores the cheap way, and you lose your money. But... I'm going to say 24 to 7, Alabama. Yeah, I, I think that's right there too. The under. And real quick, because we over we uh, we, we jumped over it earlier. Um, um, the Big Ten. I'm going with Ohio State. Um, I like Urban Meyer. Obviously, I think Harbaugh's teams are going to be good. But at the end of the day, I feel like um, Ohio State. And I got Ohio State. Uh, as uh, a playoff team. So my first four in before the season starts, just based on air. An air only. Um, I'm going to go Ohio State, LSU, Florida State, and Oklahoma. So we're going to do our first four in every week. That's my first four just based on paper. All right. Give me uh, the repeats from last year, Alabama and Clemson. God. Give me – you know what? Give me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw it out there, man. Give me Stanford and TCU as the other two. Awesome. Well, I, I tweeted out our, our score predictions. We're already getting hate mail in, so uh, prepare. Prepare your mentions are probably not going to be real pretty. I guess because we didn't do Homer picks. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I pick. I mean, and I, I mean, you will vouch for this. Who, who picks more Homer picks than anybody on the Orange Report normally? Me. That's that's why I was shocked, Mike. I I couldn't believe it. I was expecting to hear at the very end of your uh, well-explained uh, analysis of the game that you would find some miraculous reason to pick Texas. But I'm I am the optimist. I have it being thirty to twenty-three. Yeah. Well, uh, I have an artillery motive. I'm going with the double jinx because if I pick it, so I'm hoping that I'm. I would rather have everybody say, ha, ha, you were wrong, and then they're going to think, oh, they're going to make fun of me. But little they know, I'll be celebrating my ass off Saturday or Sunday night. And well, I'll, I can care less, I'll tell you, I'll I tell you care what. less if I'm wrong on the pick. I mean, I want to win the game so bad it, it's killing me. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing the double jinx, actually, is what I'm hoping. <laughs> well, I, I, I think you picked OU to beat Texas last year, if I remember correctly. So, yes, I did. Yeah, maybe this does work. Maybe this works. Well, I can tell you, and the listeners, one thing: if they're angry about my pick or your pick, by about five forty-five on Sunday, I think both of us are going to be predicting Texas to win something like sixty-three to three, because we will be oh, uh, well prepared to kick off. 
Oh, I guess they, okay, somebody just tweeted. I guess I'll do it. See, I was trying to ignore them, and then there's always one in the bunch. It says, no A&M UCLA pick. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and do it real quick. I was I was trying not to, to, to give the friends in College Station much air time, but since you asked, I'll, I'll pick it. Uh, I think I think UCLA wins. Um, I think it'll be close early, uh, but I think UCLA's offensive line is going to end up dominating. So I'm going to go UCLA because A&M's offensive line is a joke. They are going to get swallowed up. I think they're six and six this year, uh, but I'm going to go UCLA thirty. Um, a and M twenty one. Thirty twenty one A and M. I mean UCLA, excuse me. Well, I've got two reasons for my pick. Number one, I don't know how he does it, but Kevin Sumlin's teams look like the best team in college football in week one. Now they usually look like garbage by about week six. But uh they you know, even in times where they've had other issues, they seem to put it together. And I have zero, zero, zero faith in UCLA to ever do anything. I swear, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've been told that this is the year they finally got a team and then I pick them, even at home, to cover the spread against somebody they should beat handily and they fall on their face. So, I I mean, to me, this game is about how it starts, right? I don't see it being like back yeah. and forth or a big comeback. I think if UCLA starts strong, then, yeah, it's going to be a long day for A&M. But if UCLA struggles early, it gets the crowd into it, uh, then I think they're going to lose, and I'm going to go with A&M to pull this one off 28-23, to 23, which will work out great in the end because it will get our friends over there really fired up for uh, the rest of the season, and that will just uh, increase the disappointment once Alabama, LSU, et cetera, roll into town. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that would not surprise me. But I think in years past, Sumlin's had good off, you know, has had offensive lines that can dominate. Their offensive line True. is garbage this year. I mean, it really is. If you really looked at it, I mean, they may start two or three. Their, their offensive line is going to be worse than ours. It is going to get just manhandled. Trevor Knight is going to throw so many in there. He's going to be running for his life. He's horrible. I mean, he he's just, um, you know, of course now he's only going to come out there and go 30 to 32 for 900 yards. But that's okay. Um but I, I just I, I just don't think they're very good. I think I think A and M's roster uh, is getting ready to, to to be really bad the next couple of years. Um, so, but yeah, you're right. That's they have been historically a fast start. They have been a fast starting um, team. So we'll see how it plays out. So, um, all right, Matt. Well, we're about six seven minutes over, but really we're not because we got about a ten minute late start because of my technical issues. And by God, I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to spend the next two nights doing nothing but work on this and solve it because it just gets my blood pressure up. So I really don't like having <laughs> issues, especially when we have good guests. I mean, it's just so frustrating. So, Matt, tell our listeners uh, where they can find you. Sure thing. You can find me on Twitter at UT Tailgaters. No spaces, no hyphens, just all together UT Tailgaters. And I notice my tweets per day ratio is rapidly increasing as we get closer to football. So buckle up and talk football. Absolutely. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at MB Hornstands. Um, you can also find me just south of Dean Keaton off San Jacinto this weekend. Give us a holler. We'll be tailgating, having a good time. And even though I don't like our picks, I'm still going to say let's beat the hell out of Notre Dame. So with that said, always remember the eyes of Texas are upon you. Hook them horns. And, yes, I have no outgoing music because then all that disaster of my music deleted. So I'm looking at my music file, and it says zero.
So I have no goodbye music with that said. So actually, I do. Oh, the intro music is still there. So we get to hear it twice if you didn't get to hear it. So we might as well get fired up now. See everybody Sunday. Let's get to DKR. We found out it was officially a sellout. If nothing else, let's get behind the team, make it loud. Maybe we can make a difference, get out of there with a good win. See you next Wednesday.